Praise the Lord. I want to ask you to open your Bibles up this this morning to the book of First Peter. And if you're a new convert, just go to the book of, of James and make a right. First Peter chapter 1, verse 17. And I want to continue on with the series that I've been doing on the blood of Jesus Christ. How many places did Jesus shed his blood? Seven. Now, for those that are watching for the first time, or maybe you're visiting here for the first time, we go back to the story of Israel when Israel was coming out of Egypt. And God told them, he said, there's a curse coming on the land. And we know that curse is the angel of death. But I don't want you to limit the angel of death as something that simply kills the body. The angel of death may be a spirit that kills your financial breakthrough. The angel of death may be a spirit that tries to destroy your marriage or your relationship with your children. And so when this angel of death tries to come by, even though these were the children of God, God said, I want you to take the blood, even though you're a child of God, even though I love you, even though you're born again, I want you to take the blood and put it on your door. And when this angel comes by, and I know we use the word Passover, I will pass over you, but the word pesca actually means something stronger than Passover. It doesn't mean that when poverty or when cancer or when divorce comes, it'll just pass over you. It's much stronger than that. said, when this spirit comes and tries to attack you or your family or your future or your finances, when I see the blood, I will come. God the Father says, I will come. You know, I love that scripture. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because our God's the baddest dude in the valley. Can I have an amen? Our God's a tough God. Not in a bad sense. Our God can whip any. He's the name above all names. He's stronger than anything. And so when the the Lord said, when I see the blood, I will stand in front of your door. I will stand in front of your family. I want you to get this. Every morning, I put the blood of Jesus on my life and my family and my finances, knowing that the battle is not mine. The battle is God's. I remember reading a, a book many years ago by a missionary. And, and he was doing missionary work somewhere, and the natives were going to rise up and kill him. And he heard they were coming. And he said he was in his house, and he was praying, and he saw these natives coming to kill him with their spears. And all of a sudden, they got within about 20 yards of his door, and they stopped in this look of horror on their face. And they turned around. Several years later, these people were converted to Jesus. And he was talking to him, and he said, I remember when you were going to come and kill me. They said, yes, that's before we knew the Lord. He said, I remember you coming up the hill. You had spears and, and, and weapons in your hand. But when you got about 20 feet from the door, you stopped. And the, the chief of this tribe said, well, that's because of those huge men that you had in front of your door. And he said, there was nobody there. It was just myself and my wife and my kids. They said, no, in front of your door and around your house, there were nine-foot men, and they had swords that had fire coming out of them. Oh, I'm telling you something. 
You need to realize this is true. This is not, this is not Christian Frodo land. This is not Christian uh, 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 fairy tales. This is true. When we understand the blood, not only do Jesus, does, does, does the Father come, but the angels of God. That's why it's so important that you understand the Sabbath with us. On the Sabbath is when the angels of God are released to come and be ministering spirits to the heirs of salvation. And they're Sabbath angels. They are the Shabbat angels. And so if we don't understand the blood of Jesus... If we don't understand the seven places Jesus shed his blood, then even though we're children of God, when these things come by, that we wonder, why, is my, why are my finances attacked? Why does this keep happening? Why is this curse following my family? We're born again. But Jesus did more than simply forgive us of our sin. And I say this all the time. If that's all he did, we couldn't serve him enough. Can I have an Amen. But he didn't. He walked that road, and we learned this last week, called the Via Dolorosa. It's the way of suffering. From the moment that Jesus surrendered to the will of God, the redeeming blood of Jesus is released. I want you to read with me this morning. On the power of the blood of Jesus, 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 17. And if you call on the Father, who without partiality judges according to each one's work conduct yourselves throughout the time so you're sojourning here in fear that word fear is not to be afraid that's a bad interpretation it means so your life on here is in awe you know where the bible says the fear of the lord is the beginning of wisdom that's such a misunderstood i'm not afraid I, I, I know my father watches this all the time, and my dad is saved. My dad is born again now. My dad is just doing wonderful in the Lord. But before I knew the Lord, I was afraid when I was a child. I was afraid of my father. And sometimes when we read this, we connect this fear of the Lord. Like, man, if I do something wrong, my dad's going to take off the belt. My dad's going to whip me. No, the word fear here, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The better word is Wow. The wow of the Lord is beginning of wisdom. When you look at the Grand Canyon, you go, wow. If you take your kids to Disney World and they come running in, you go, wow. And if God can build that for the world, it is our Father's good pleasure to give us the kingdom. Wow. Somebody shout, wow. Wow. See, there's nothing impossible for God. As a matter of fact, Our God is El Shaddai. It means he's the shield that heaps blessing. Everybody say heap. He heaps blessing. He doesn't sprinkle. He heaps blessing on us. Everybody say wow again. The wow of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Look at the rest of this scripture here. Knowing that you were redeemed with corruptible things, that you were not, excuse me, you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver and gold from your aimless conduct received by the tradition of your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as a lamb without spot or without blemish, he indeed was foreordained before the foundations of the world, but was manifested in these last times for you. When they came to me this morning and they asked me, they said, Pastor, what's the name of your sermon? I said, the name of this message is Prosperity, from Revelation 
to manifestation. How many want to go from just knowing God wants to bless you into manifesting the blessing of God and start to live in it? Come on. If you do, give the Lord a clap offering. (laughs) The Bible says here that we are confirmed by the blood. We've always heard in religious, they come in at a certain age and they get confirmed. They get sealed. The word confirmed here is interesting. It means to be paid in advance, to retain the same power. The blood of Jesus paid in advance so that we can have the manifestation of prosperity in our lives. Now, most Christians, because my people destroyed for what reason? Lack of knowledge. Most Christians do not understand that they're functioning financially under a curse. We saw on the road to suffering that Jesus went in the garden called Gethsemane. Or excuse, yeah, the garden called Gethsemane. And he prayed and he said, Father, if there be some other way, let this cup pass from me. And the Bible says he began to sweat great drops of blood. When he said, Father, not my will, but thy will be done, that blood redeemed me. They told my family, your son's a junkie, and once a junkie, always a junkie. The world says you can't change, but the word says, by the blood of Jesus, the word says who the son sets free is free indeed. I've been redeemed. Somebody shout, I've been redeemed. The second part is the curse of sickness. You go to the doctor, is there any family history of this and any family history of that? They may look at you and say, well, your dad had this or your mom had that. And it passes on through the blood, generation after generation. But what you and I need to realize is the curse may have passed through the blood, but the curse has been broken and we've been redeemed by his stripes. We're not healed by his stripes. We were healed, already been taken care of, preordained. Somebody shout amen preordained. But the thing that a lot of people don't realize is, is the third place Jesus shed his blood. When they took Jesus from the garden to Pilate, Pilate didn't want to condemn Jesus to death, so he has him 39 stripes. When they take Jesus off the whip, they're walking him back to Pilate, and on the way back to Pilate, the guards mocking Jesus. Folks, I live by Romans 8, 28. I live by Romans 8, 28. All things work together for good. No matter what you're going through, if you'll keep your eyes on the promise and not on the problem, when Peter got out of the boat and began to walk on water, it was a miracle of God. There's no explanation. But the problem was he took his eyes off the promise and looked at the size of his problem. The Bible says he looked at the storms and the winds and the waves The devil wants you and I to look at the economy and he wants us to look at our job situation or he wants us to look at we don't have enough education or he wants to look at this, but we don't look at that. We keep our eyes on the promise because in the promise, the promise is greater than any problem we'll ever face. Somebody shout amen. (laughs) So on the way down to the garden or back to Pilate from from the whipping post, the guards were mocking Jesus. And they're calling him king of the Jews. And so they see a thorn bush. And in mocking, they're about to release and break the curse of poverty off of every one of our lives. They take this thorn bush and they break it up and they break the branches. 
and they weave it into a crown of thorns. This, this is really what it would have looked like. It's got three, three and a half inch razor sharp thorns. And they took this crown of thorns and they placed it. I mean, it, it is so, it's so sharp you can hardly touch it. And they took it and shoved it in cruelty onto the brow of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And they're mocking him and bowing down to him, all hail King of the Jews. But what they didn't realize and what Satan had forgot is that the blood of Jesus was about to break the curse of poverty off of every one of our lives. Somebody say amen. Now remember, we're redeemed. If you rewind something, it's something that was once wound. If you repeat something, you're saying something that was already spoken. When the Bible says we're redeemed, the word deem means to be seen. And we're seen again through the blood of Jesus. The dying of Jesus forgave us. But the Via Dolorosa, the road of suffering, is so that you and I can have joy unspeakable, life more abundant. Somebody say amen. amen. The word redeem means also it means to be ransomed. We've been kidnapped. The devil, the curse on this world has kidnapped us. If you want to know what it's supposed to be like at the coming of the Lord, we need to go back before there was ever any sin. Go all the way back to Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. In the Garden of Eden, there was no welfare. In the Garden of Eden, there was no poverty. In the Garden of Eden, there was no hunger. In the Garden of Eden, there was no lack. And matter of fact, there wasn't just enough to get by. In the Garden of Eden, because of the love that the Father has on you and I, it was a lamb that flowed with milk and honey. It was a lamb that was full of gold. We're always taught that when, when, when Noah built the ark, the animals came in what? Two by two. That's not what the Bible says. When Noah built the ark, the unclean, the cursed came in two by two. But the ones that God was using for his blessing and for his sacrifice and for his children, those didn't come in two by two. They came in by sevens. We've been emphasizing the curse. It's time to start living in the blessing. Come on, somebody shout amen. Some of you are going, some of you are flipping through. No, wait, wait, you can look at it afterwards. Trust me. I had look at two guys, they're going. We're taught our religious traditions cancel, nullify the promises of God. We're taught that Eden, where Adam and Eve came from, was a garden. The word Eden means a place of voluptuous living. The reason why we're not prospering is because most Christians are functioning under a curse that came on the world because of Adam and Eve. I've heard very few people teach this. You know in Malachi chapter 3 where it says, Bring in all your tithes and all your offerings, lest you're cursed with a curse. Let me explain that. God does not go around cursing people. Now, a tenth is the Lord's. 
and the offering. Give me a loud amen. amen. It's God's. You're not allowed to keep it. If you keep it, you're stealing. I didn't say it. God said it. If you're keeping it, you're stealing. God said that's not yours. That's mine. Okay? Then he said, if you keep it, you're cursed with a curse. God does not go, oh, they kept my tithe. I'm going to curse them. This world since Adam is cursed. It's cursed with hunger. It's cursed with poverty. It's cursed with stealing. It's cursed with theft. It's cursed with lack. It's cursed with not enough. The world that we live in is cursed. But through the blood of Jesus, we are in this world, but we are not of this world. Because of Adam, his disobedience, this world became cursed. God said to Adam, see all these trees, these trees out here? Yes, Lord, you can have them all. Enjoy them. Be blessed. But you see this one tree over here? Yes, Lord, that's mine. Don't touch it. Because the day you touch it, you're going to die. See, the devil comes in then and he says, did God say? And when Adam and Eve ate of that tree that belonged to God, They said, well, see, they didn't die. Yes, they did. They didn't die physically, but they died spiritually to that covering of blessing that was over all of the human race. Are you with me so far? Adam and Eve worked. When Adam was in and Eve were in Eden, the garden was in the east part of Eden. That east part of Eden, they worked, but it wasn't hard work. It wasn't, oh, man, we got to have rain. God, you know, the weeds, everything's killing out our harvest. They would work. They would do the natural, and it would be a work of enjoyment, and God would do his supernatural on their natural. Okay, you can't just, you can't just sit at home and ask God to be Jehovah Jireh. You got to do something. Are we in agreement with that? Say amen. Adam did something. But whatever he did, God breathed on that and brought a blessing of supernatural abundance. But when Adam disobeyed God, now watch this, when Adam disobeyed God, God said, now you're out of the place of of voluptuous living, but not only are you out, I'm going to curse the ground. The ground that I bless now is cursed. And instead of a land that flows with milk and honey... Now you're going to live in a land of thorns and thistles. And then God said something. He said, now by the sweat of your brow, you're going to have to make your living. What does that mean? Before, it wasn't by the sweat of the brow. Before, whatever they did, it was full of joy. It was happiness. They loved it. But it was easy because God brought a supernatural blessing on everything they put their hands to. They plowed, God brought grapes like this. They watered, God brought harvests like this. So the sweat of our brow is a symbol to remind us that since this is obedience, no longer am I Jehovah Jireh, your provider. You're on your own. You got to do it yourself. You got to work it yourself. You got to earn it yourself. Here we are 
4,000 years later, this time not in the Garden of Eden, but in the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus surrenders to the will of God. They condemn him, they whip him, and on the way back, they find the thorn bush, they weave it into a crown of thorns, and as they're walking, mocking Jesus, they take the crown, they shove it onto the brow of Jesus, out of his brow, the sweat, no matter how many jobs you have, no matter how hard you work, no matter how many hours you put in, no matter how much effort it is, you're on your own. But when they took the crown of thorns and shoved it on the brow of Jesus, where we're cursed by the sweat of Adam's brow, these thorns pierced our Savior's skin and out came blood. And you and I are redeemed as children of abundance and pride. Oh, somebody ought to shout amen. Now, let me share this, and I'm going to close with you real quick. You've got to break that spirit of poverty. The Lord says in Malachi 3, prove me. Prove me if I won't open you to the windows of heaven. Number one, he said, I'm going to open up my heavens to you. Number two, he said, I'm going to pour out, not a sprinkling. You've got to get out of this mentality. Lord, if you can just pay my rent. God does not want to pay your rent. He wants you to buy a house and build it debt-free and live in that house. We are anointed by God for prosperity. Somebody shout amen. Now, I'm over, I'm over, but I feel the Holy Ghost. I, I, we, 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 we killed the snake. We got to cut his head off. You need to move from the revelation of prosperity into the manifestation of prosperity. The Bible says we are redeemed by what? And it's irrevocable. It is a blood contract with God that your curse of poverty is broken. It's a blood, it can, well, but I'm a black person, I'm a white person, I'm a brown person, I'm an old person, I'm a woman person, I'm a man. Nothing, nothing can break the covenant that's been written in the blood of Jesus Christ. You have a covenant of prosperity. Do you understand? It's written in blood. It is a contract. No lawyer can change it. You can't white it out. You can't say, well, it doesn't work. Years ago, I was doing, I've been, I've preached in the Philippines 26, 28 times. And I remember I was doing a conference there. I went into a a Philippine village that had never, had never, ever uh, seen a white man before. And we'd go and we'd play music and the, and, and the people came from all through the jungle and there were thousands of people. And as soon as we'd come on the stage, they'd all go run and hide in the bushes. It's truth. Empty. The, the plaza empty. And so we got them preached and we did all this. And I said, now I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray for the sick and believe God's going to heal you. And, and, uh, and so we prayed. I mean, you, they're all out in the bushes, thousands of them. There's like five or six people from the little church there. And so I'm, I'm speaking through a Tagalog interpreter. And I said, now, if you've been healed, I want you to come and testify. There's nobody there. It's empty, guys. It's empty. 
And all of a sudden, this one old gentleman starts walking out of the bushes into the plaza. He's got like a half of a bed sheet full of blood, dried blood, fresh blood. He comes up and, he, and, and the people told him they bring him up there. And, and he tells us through the interpreter, he's, he, and, and he starts giving his testimony. He said, all of you know me. He said, I'm a walking dead man. I have bleeding tuberculosis. And we found out he lived a couple miles out in the jungle. And it took him several days to get there because he'd take a couple steps and then have to rest because he was so weak. And he said, but tonight, look at me. I'm healed. I'm healed. This Jesus really came and touched me. And he starts going, come. Come. Come meet this Jesus. He's real. And the pastor said, should I stop him? I said, stop him. Heck, give him the microphone. The whole village, the whole island came to Jesus. The whole place came to Jesus. There was a priest there that were building a new church. Uh, We did three or four nights of, of crusade. It was packed. The whole, I'm telling you, the whole island came to Jesus. Several thousands of people came to Jesus. On the fourth night, the last night of the crusade, a typhoon hit. I'm not talking windstorm, thunderstorm. I'm talking typhoon bending palm trees to the ground, scaring the fire out of little white boys, typhoon. (laughs) Typhoon. You understand? typhoon. So, you know, the great men of God, we're sitting in our shorts and our t-shirts and all of a sudden there's a knock at the door and these little Filipino pastors open the door and they go, we are ready for you, pastor. I said, ready, brother, it's a typhoon. Father so-and-so has given us the Catholic church and they've torn off the back of it at what they were building and we're all in there. I'm telling you, we were in there like this. We don't even know what crowd it is. We don't know, oh, they're in my seat. No, they'd be sitting on you. <laughs> there was no room there. We're jammed in there. Two, three thousand people in a building that should seat 300. I mean, it was incredible. They're everywhere. They tore the back of the building off. And, I, and God said, I want you to teach tonight on prosperity. We're in the jungles of the Philippines. God said, I want you to teach them that I am their God. And so I began to preach in the jungles of the Philippines. And, and, and it was so stormy out there and everything. I said, you know, and when, they, when these folks come to church, they don't want a 12-minute sermon. They don't need to get the lubies before everybody else does. People ask all the time, why do we see so many more miracles overseas than in America? Those who hunger. If it rains around here, oh man, I got to walk a whole 10 yards. Typhoon. I know I'm going over, but when we were in that village, we were walking around. And, 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 and when these, I mean miracles, blind eyes open, cripples walking. They lined them up outside our little hut. We lived in it. We had a little hut there. And they would line up outside. And it's embarrassing to say, but they would line up. And as we went by them, they would grab our clothes and stuff. And when they would grab us, not because of us, because you and I don't have enough power to blow fuzz off a peach. But they were reaching out to touch the hem of Jesus' garment. And blind eyes were opening and cripples were walking. 
if the same God can heal blind eyes, he can bring prosperity to that island. So the one pastor there, I, I, we opened it up for questions. We were, we were just going to stay there for, you know, for hours. And, and I, I'm going to close with this. And he said, well, pastor, he said, how can we have prosperity? We're not Americans. And, and, and the whole place went, oh, just, you know, what you just did, you know, but that's what you say. Well, how can I prosper? I don't make but minimum wage. How can I prosper? I don't have this. See, the devil doesn't want you to have the revelation, doesn't mind you having the revelation of prosperity. He just doesn't want you to grab the manifestation of prosperity. I looked at this pastor and I said, listen to me. This is not an American book. This is not a white man's book, a black man's book, a male book, a female book, a young man's book, an old man's book, an Asian book. This is God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And this same word works in Dallas, Texas, or Manila, Philippines, or Houston, Texas, or Portland, Oregon, or Russia, or China. It's time to claim the promises of the word of God. I looked at him and I said, brother, this is not an American book. See, the devil wants you to come up with your own reasons why it won't work for you. He don't mind you knowing it'll work. He just don't want you to think it'll work for you. I said, brother, listen to me. I said, you may not end up getting prosperity and driving a Cadillac. They don't have Cadillacs. But I said, your caribou can have two calves instead of one. You can bring in five baskets of fish instead of one. Your crops can grow twice instead of once. Come on, somebody shout amen. Listen to me. I said, I want you to let me break this curse of poverty off of you. This church had been on missionary support in the Philippines for over 50 years because the pastor had a poverty mentality and every pastor before him. We prayed for them. We broke that curse of poverty thinking off their lives. I went back to that same village a year later. That church had been on missionary support for over 50 years because their thinking was America was Jehovah Jireh. Listen to me. America's not Jehovah Jireh. Washington, D.C. is not Jehovah Jireh. Your job is not Jehovah Jireh. Your town is not Jehovah Jireh. But the one who shed his blood, and by his blood, you're re-seen as a child of prosperity. He's Jehovah Jireh. Can I have an amen? I've been holding off. So that you know that we're not building this church on prosperity. We're building on the word of God. But it's time for us to put our foot down. Prosperity is just as much a word of God as healing. Beloved, I would above else that you're healed and that you're prosperous. We went back to that Philippine village one year later. 50 years they've been on missionary support. They canceled their support. They got out by faith. They began to claim, and the, the, the church, 50 years on support. They went off support. They built a brand new building in one year. 
they sent out eight other churches. The people, their farmers, their ranchers, their fish began to increase. Their cattle began to increase. Their crops began to increase. He is the same. He is the same. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Somebody shout amen. How many believe it? You need to understand. Do, quit cursing. I'm going to get mad here a second, okay? Righteously mad. Quit cursing yourself. Well, I'm old. Well, then everything the devil stole for the last 80 years, he's got to pay back multiplied by seven. We are redeemed by not silver and gold. Not something made by man. We are redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ. And it cannot be annulled. You can annul a marriage, but you can't annul the blood of Jesus. You can annul a contract, but you can't annul the blood of Jesus. You can annul your word, but you cannot annul the blood of Jesus. God has taken the blood of his son, and he's dipped his finger in it, and he's written your name in that blood, and no one can erase that, no one can change that, and no one can cancel it. Let me tell you one more thing. Number one, we need to break that spirit of mentality. Number two, and this is so important, we're going to break that spirit of containment. Say, what do you mean, pastor? Well, you know, I'm just a guy from the farm and got no education. I don't know much. Do you know Jesus? If you know Jesus, you know more than the heads of corporations You know more. And let me tell you something. It's not what you know. It's who you know. Two more minutes. It is not of God that you rent a house. Do I need to go there? In the next couple of weeks, we're going to talk about the blood on your hands. Now, listen to me. Why? Because God said, I've given you the power. Who's got the power? I've got the power. It's the only part I know. Isn't that a song or something? I got the power. Say, I got the power. No, you you, you didn't see it. Pastor Larry didn't teach this to you. Pastor Creflo didn't teach it to you. Pastor Hagen didn't teach this to you. Pastor um, um, Copeland didn't teach that to you. God said, I've given you power in your hands to gain wealth. Say, I got the power. In my hands to gain wealth. Who's got the power? Quit asking Jesus to do it. It's already done. Quit asking Jesus to get you a job. It's already done. 
Quit asking Jesus to make you rich. It's already done. Who's got the power? Give the Lord a clap offering and praise him. Amen. There is an anointing on Tizanai to break curses and release promises. God anointed us to do this. And there is, I'm, I'm not ashamed to say this, there is an anointing on Tizanai of prosperity. Don't limit what God can do through a paycheck. Your paycheck is not your harvest. It's just your seed. There's unlimited what God can do. Unlimited. Say unlimited. Okay, I got to go. I got to go. Pull out your tithe and your offering. We're going to pray over it. Let's break this curse right now. Lift it up. Lift it up. Father, say this out loud. Father, I receive... It's already been done by the blood of Jesus. It was preordained before the foundations of the earth that me and my family would live under the open windows of heaven. From this moment on, I receive unlimited, no boundaries, release. By the promise, the blood, and the name of Jesus on my money. Money cometh. Look at me right now. That's not a hype. That's the Bible. Everybody say it's the Bible. Say this right now. Money cometh to me now. Money cometh to me now. Money cometh to me now. Now give the Lord a clap offering and a shout. Now give him a shout. Father, I release miracles even today. Even, even, even before we get to work in the morning, I release miracles on these finances. Father, honor your word. Let a breakthrough come forward. In Jesus' name, and all God's people shouted, give the Lord a clap offering one more time.